0: Welcome to the Arise podcast with Danielle Castillejo and Maggie Hempill. conversations around faith, race, justice, gender, and the church. If you're joining us, this is part two of our conversation with Pastor Michael Walker, and we're just going to jump right in. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to the uh, previous episode, I'd encourage you to do that. We're going to pick up where we left off. We had to sh- cut our conversation short for time. Um, Pastor Walker had just kind of gone over a story in Judges that's a difficult one and want to pull that forward to today and ask what you know when we're reading these stories from the Bible, what do they illustrate for us today? How can we today engage racial tensions, political systems, caring for the oppressed and the marginalized, like what do we do about injustice in light of the story that you shared with us?
1: Uh, actually Maggie that's a really great segue uh, to get back into it because I think again that's what we always have to do is we always have to apply God's word for us today and and I think that's one thing about God's word is that it does it says God is, is omnipresent which doesn't just mean in different places but he's also in different times at the same time and so God is in the past he's in the present he's in the future and and with that God cares for his creation and because he cares for us and he cares for his image bearer, who we are, and, who we are. And, and we're held accountable, especially when we, when we declared that we belong to him, then we're held, held accountable. And so like when we read that story in, in, in Judges, and one of the things is, again, the tribe of Benjamin was, uh, was one of the 12 tribes of Israel. These are one of the 12 tribes that, you know, uh, you know, Professed that they belong to God, that they were God's people, and so here they are, being God's people, allowing atrocities to take place in one of the cities of where uh, of where some of their tribe resides. And and so when this atrocity of what happened to uh, this Levite's wife um, being you know used and abused and then left for dead, part of what that is though is it wasn't just about her, but it's almost like, again, equating it to today. It's like the what's going on today that we're seeing in a hyper type of tension now because of what happened with George Floyd, it's not just because George Floyd, but George Floyd is a representation of what has been going on within our country. And, uh, and so it's the same thing in that story where that is something that's been going on in that city so now God is calling this city out. He's calling uh, his people out. And listen, uh, no more. I'm going to bring this to light, and you need to walk in what's right. And so, and of course, the other loving tribes of Israel were willing to do that, but the tribe of Benjamin, you know, they are going to be loyal to a fault. They're going to be, you know, nationalist to a fault. where it's about, you know, it's about our tribe, and we're going to, even if it's not right, we're still going to stick with our tribe in this. And so they were they were called out and they were held to account and literally where almost their whole tribe was left wiped out except for 600 people. And uh, and so, but in that, what we, we saw, we saw a civil war happen where they were, were brothers fighting against brothers or, or relatives fighting against relatives, you know, people who are supposed to be all part of the family of God. And And again, Though it's because the tribe of Benjamin wasn't willing to yield to God, but they took pride in who they were and they were going to fight for, for, for their, their tribe mate, no matter if it's right or wrong. And of course, we see also with that, we saw with Jabesh Gilead. That was Jabesh Gilead, Gilead was one of the groups that was summoned, uh, to meet at Mitzvah. To uh, meet with the other tribes, talk about um, you know what they're going to do in in holding uh, Gilead, you know, uh, uh, Gibeah, sorry, holding Gibeah account to to the corruption in this city and, and how people are being treated. And so this by this tribe not even showing up. So they they were aware. They were called to the meeting and they were aware. What was going on? But they chose to try to sit on the sideline and do nothing and act like they knew nothing. But God says, listen, I will not, I will not allow you to just you know, sit on the sideline. That is, you, there's no neutrality. If you're my people, that means you need to walk in, in my way.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, do you feel like that is a call for us today then for churches? Like, so we are seeing that same thing. We're seeing people taking sides, right? We've got, um, you know, people inside and outside of the church that we're lining up where where it's being divisive. And you're saying that our call is to to walk in what's right. And then it feels like we can't even agree on what's right today when we're looking at the things that are happening around, including but not limited to George Floyd. Like, what is it the call then for us today today? in our in, as a church as a church body as people of god to do when we see these injustices because you know it, as you're saying in that story they did they saw it but chose in action and like that some of that is happening right now and churches are choosing in action
1: mm-hmm. yeah i think part of it is really where the problem stands is 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 who we are as, as americans and, and what i mean by that is we um we as Christians in America, most of us identify ourselves as American Christians. And, and, if, and as soon as we do that, then we're off because we the way we should see ourselves as Christians who live in America. And what I mean by that is when, you, when we're Christians that live in America, that means we always filter everything through the word of God first. And the scripture tells us that we are aliens. We are, we are sojourners. It talks about in Hebrews. It talks about this in Peter. First Peter talks about this that that we are foreigners here, we are transients here, and that we are going to live for eternity. So our mindset should always be for eternity. And and also with that, our mindset should be that we are slaves to Christ. Mm-hmm. And so everything we have, and all that we are, we're just to be stewards of it. And so in that, we get that helps us to understand who Christ is. Christ is the Prince of Peace. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9 tells us, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. And so we are to be image bearers. We are to be the bearers of peace, and that is our ministry. We've been called to the ministry of reconciliation. And, and we are to be his ambassadors. So that's why we are here on this earth. So everything that we do and, and, and how we see things. It should come through the lens of the ministry of reconciliation and knowing this is why we're here on this earth. And that we're gonna be held accountable for eternity for this the things, actions that we do temporarily on this earth. And and so, but as American Christians, we always look at things through our rights, through what what we want and through either through the eyes of capitalism or through the eyes of liberal, liberal liberalism. Uh, you know, kind of So we we filter everything through those lenses. And as soon as we do that as a a Christian, then that's when we're going to be off. That's where we're going to have all this thinking that's off.
2: Yeah, it was like, uh, it's a lot about empire, right? (laughs) And Mm -hmm. it feels like almost like back in the time of Jesus, he's like, yeah, I came to bring my kingdom. But that didn't mean he was bringing like a literal physical army. And it almost feels like um, Christians in America right now are waiting for the literal physical army Mm. to kind of like set up camp here and declare declare Christianity the reigning religion or something. Mm. And in actuality, like you said, it's not about the empire, but it it feels like it's been made about the empire. Mm. I, I don't know. Those are just some of the thoughts that came to mind.
1: You know, again, that's right, because, again, when we, the reason why we are divided as Christians and the reason why some of us are on the sidelines is is because we are, we're feeling that uh, our rights are being infringed. And we're not seeing, we need to see each other as image bearers.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Okay? And if we see each other as image bearers, that means it doesn't matter what color my skin is. It it means I ask myself, as we we talked about last week, um, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. So if that was was my son, if that was my child, you know, it reminds me of, uh, I think it was in 1988 or 1989. There's a uh, trial involving what they call the Central Park Five. Mm -hmm. And there's five, you know, young black teenagers who uh, were happened to be in Central Park when when a woman was brutally raped. And, uh, and and as they looked at the evidence, um, they found no evidence linking these five uh, black teenagers, but those black teenagers were in the park at the same time that this woman supposedly was raped. And because of that, and, and, they, and because of pressure to try to close this case quickly, they, they built up this, this whole dummy case, uh, even though they knew there was no evidence, no evidence matched up, but they did that because they won the closest case case and unfortunately, whether we went amid it or not, they saw these five, you know, black teenagers as expendable. And uh, and but if we walk through the eyes of loving our neighbor as ourselves, then we say, what if those are my children? You know, and, and even what if they're Caucasian young men and women and let's say what if they're Caucasian young men and women of of, of the the mayor of, of New York or the governor of New York and, and you know, and, and really treat each other on the equal on equal grounds, and see each other as equal image, image bearers. Then all of a sudden, it changes. You know how we're going to look at things, and it's going to change us. Change us how we're going to respond. If somebody, the church is not being active, and that, and that happens to their children, or that happens to their son, that happens to their daughter, or their husband, or their wife, I guarantee you, they're they're going to get involved. And, and that's what we have to teach each other as brothers and sisters and, and, and know that we're going to be held accountable, just like in the story of Judges, that Jabez um, Gilead was held accountable for, for, their, for their non-activity.
0: Yeah, I'm just thinking about what, 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 what kind of reckoning or being held accountable will we receive for churches in action right now? Uh, for churches that aren't that aren't speaking up on behalf of the alien the orphan the widow and what it would look like to to start holding each other accountable as as you're saying not just as um uh would you say a Christian American Christians but as Christians who are also American um like knowing that that is our first our first identity comes through that comes through the lens of like you said being image bearers and how can we Love and welcome and care for the alien and the orphan and the widow and those that are oppressed in the in the current climate that we're living in.
2: Yeah, I just think like just as I hear you say that, I think like, oh yeah, Pastor Michael is going to give us some thoughts, and then um, immediately I go to like, well, that's not going to happen. In <laughs> my mind, it feels like <laughs> these people that I'm talking to that have been talking to like they're they know. And they're, and they're purposely silent. This mm. is not like before. There was no before. This has been going on for decades and mm. centuries. And and literally now we have videotapes tapes of many of these lynchings. And we're still seeing this in action at some point. Like, I'm not saying we've got to stop talking, but I just feel like their hearts are hard. Mm. Like, I, I don't know if I have hope. Mm. Well, you
1: know, I... But you do have to have godly sorrow. And, but here's, here's, and I'm going to probably jump ahead and we can go back again. But, uh, I do believe there is hope though. And, and the reason why I believe there is hope, because if you look throughout scripture, when, when we see, you know, just a massive movement of God's activity, there's, it always happens with a breaking mm-hmm. where there's disruption, even in our own lives. It's when we come to a place of brokenness that we realize our desperate need for Christ. And it's in those times of, of, of crisis and and uh, you know and tragedy and struggle that we, we finally come to that place of and it, and it, what it is it's God shaking us it's God waking us up and again we see that though we see people who who are, who God is you know breaking them and things like that and they choose to still harden their hearts but there is also those during that time of the waking that time of awareness. It, it causes them to, you know, it, in the situation, I think it's going to, I think we're going to hit somewhat of a climax uh, when we get the results of the election. Mm-hmm. I, I truly believe that's going to be some type of climax, whether it doesn't matter which way it goes either, it really does. That it, there's going to be some type of climax to that. And number one, because people put their hope in, in, our, in our political system, which mm-hmm. is just crazy, because, you know, our political system. You know anything, and this just goes back to scripture. You know, in Galatians chapter six, when it talks about, uh, I think Galatians six eight that says, uh, "Do not be fooled. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to the flesh will reap corruption. Whoever sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life." So anything that is sown through the flesh is is corrupt, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's always going to fall short. And anything that falls short one of the definitions of sin is, is to fall short, you know, to miss the mark. And so, so if we put our hope in a sinful system, and, you know, and that's, and that's what's happening. that's why we had people that when, when Colin Kaepernick kneeled, knelt down uh, during the national anthem trying to bring awareness, people were offended because they had put their hope in a, in a, in a, in a corrupt system. And because of that, as soon as we put our hope in something corrupt, it corrupts us. And there's, there's this, and we have to do that check in, in our own heart. And it goes for all of us. It goes, goes for me too. I have to say, God, I want to make sure that I'm responding out of love for my fellow human beings, you know, and not just out of anger. And, and, and with that, again, another analogy with that, and I know this is a completely different topic, but like with, with the topic of, of a of abortion which is another hot topic. And for me, when I think about abortion, I also think about all the poor young women who've been who've been sown this this thought process that if I kill my child, life is gonna be better for me. But they're gonna be held accountable to God for that. You know, and and, and so they're a victim. You know and, and so that's the thing. We all become victims of but then there's ones who are the that the the crime is, is committed against, but it's also the ones who commits this, the offense. They also are going to be held accountable. And so if we don't do something to say, hey, this affects all of us, and, and, it, and there are people dying, but there's also going to some that are suffer eternal judgment for this. So you know, it, because I love my brother, I need to call I need to call him out as well. You know, not just not just for the victim, but for him as well.
0: Yeah, I would love to hear, you know, as we're talking about hope, you said when we put our hope in a corrupt system, it'll corrupt our hearts. And so, like, what would you say that hope looks like right now for us? Uh, Hope in 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 light of the current political, you know, current political system in light of the oppressive uh, systems and racism. Like how how and what does hope look like right now?
1: Well, for me, here's what happened with me when all this started going down. Not when I say all this, I'm talking about COVID. I'm talking about then the video of George Floyd. Because again, you know, I could rattle off 20 names or even more than that before George Floyd of of people who, you know, uh, you know, young black men and women who've been harmed and victimized, and and just and on and on and on. And but. With, with COVID and with the the, the riots and the protests and, and then also with Breonna Taylor and just and it's now it seems like there's this hyper awareness and this hypersensitivity that's out there and so for me my hope has been and I and, and I see this happening with some people but I hope they they, they take it further. Uh, people, you know, on Facebook and other places on Twitter, they're saying, we need to pray. We need to pray. And again, I want to challenge with people, though. Prayer is not about us constantly speaking, but it's about us listening. It's about positioning ourselves to hear from God. And I know for me, I've been saying, God, what's going on? What do you want us to know? What are you trying to tell us in, in this time? And, you know, and people have been quoting uh, Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, which talks about, uh, you know, if my people will call, call by my name but humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, you know, then I will hear them from heaven and heal their land. And, uh, and, and people want the part about calling uh, on him and having him hear us and heal our land. But what people don't want to understand and realize is it says, if my people will call by my name, would humble themselves, pray, seek their face and turn from their wicked ways. And, and so my prayer is, as people are saying that the praying is that their hearts will be open to hear, God says, and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear. And, and so I think the hope does. Uh, start with uh, people really being earnest in, in prayer and, and getting that prayer is, is not about saying, okay, God, this is what I want you to do for me, but to understand that, okay, God, what is going on? How are you to walk in, in what is going on? And that if churches were earnestly do that, you, you can't help but to have, you know, receive you the work at Paul and be spurred into action
0: yeah I mean that sounds like an invitation for us as individuals and collectively as a church body to repentance right and mm-hmm. and starting mm-hmm. starting with repentance and lament and sorrow, you had you briefly mentioned you know we need to have godly sorrow um but mm-hmm. I mean, I think, like you had said before about our country and putting our putting our hope in a political system um it there's this kind of blurring of lines of about being a quote Christian nation. Um, that like as a nation, then we were that we need to repent in the same way that Israel did in the story that you shared um and so like a, as a call to repentance, what would that look like for church leaders like what would that look like as for church goers to do to to do like you're saying in chronicles to 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 actively create a space to listen right to hear from God and then to work towards uh
1: humbling themselves mm-hmm. you know I, I, there is a, a, a found it on my brother's Facebook page. And I don't know exactly when this happened, but it was, um, it happened in Houston, Texas, where there is a, and I, I don't know all of the story, but I saw just a part of the video where there is a a group of, uh, black, uh, black people, black, black men and women that were meeting at a basketball court where George Floyd used to to play basketball. And they were there for a prayer meeting and just to, cry out to God for what was going on. And then all of a sudden, a, a, this large group of, of white men and women came, and it was almost like they're, you know, coming face to face, and first you're not sure what's going to happen, and then you see the, what, the, them, our white brothers and sisters, kneel down, and they just begin to cry out, say, hey, Lord, forgive us for how we've treated our black brothers and sisters. And, you know, and they started crying out, and and uh, in, and in then in that, you saw the... the, the you know, their black brothers and sisters standing up, and then the one who was leading that group turned to everybody and said, "Kneel down. Let's kneel down also." And then you saw people. You heard people start to cry and to weep, and and there was. A, you can tell there was a breaking that was taking place. And and you know, and that. And when I saw that, I saw that that's courageous humility. Mm. And you know, and there's some people in that that said, "I was curious at what some of the comments were saying." And some of the comments are saying, you don't need to kneel before anybody except for Jesus. And I think, and I said, you know what? The word even, you know, we're called to bless our brothers and sisters. And that word bless, it actually means to kneel. It means to kneel and to sow goodness or kindness or, or speak good things to someone. That's what it means. That's what the word bless means. And so in the simple fact, that if you want to bless somebody, you want to kneel before them and, and speak hope and life and in you know, and love onto them. And and so, so you know, and God blesses us. And Jesus kneeled and washed the feet of his disciples and, you know, and, and gave his life on the cross. And, and so that courageous obedience, uh, you know, that, that has to take place. And, you know, and here's what happens. I think a lot of us, and, and I pray that people who do hear this today, uh, a lot of us, we 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 get these proddings from the Lord. The Holy Spirit is prodding us. And we're going, but Lord, if I do that, people are gonna ridicule me or people are going to, you know, judge me. And uh and that's true. Jesus said, if the world hated me, it's gonna hate you. But what it's gonna do, it's gonna spur other believers, you know, into into walk in a courageous, courageous obedience and in that and also in that humility and you know but that's what gives me hope as well is because that's what we see happening and in and, and there is a hypersensitivity happening with uh our our, our white um brothers and sisters our white image bearers of some that are especially the younger generation that their eyes are open their ears are open and wait a minute is there injustice going on over here if there is, I need to, I can't just stand idle anymore. And, uh, and so with that awareness, and if we truly do humble ourselves and pray, you know, I, you know we, God is God. He is greater than any, any demonic activity in this world. And, and we've seen it before, how God with Gideon and, and others, how God can take a few, and just like he took his 12 disciples and can transform a world and, and, and bring, bring great victory. So it doesn't take many. It just takes a few that are submitted to God and, and, and just start that that tide rolling or start that, that ripple effect happening.
2: Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about the thing. Actually, we have a lot like people that would view themselves as super conservative and then people on the other side that would view themselves as the opposite of that, maybe liberal or just you know, maybe it's divided along who you vote for or where you practice church out. But I, one thing I think that both sides have in common is fear and they're, they're driven by fear and the fear comes from a deep place of shame. And I, I started thinking about it and I started thinking like there's, there's a collective actually despair for both sides. Like we both, both sides, conservatives, liberals, um, this type of, you know, belief, that type of belief, you, we both hold this sense of like despair and that is actually treason to our faith. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. that collective sense of despair that's like feeding off of the fear and the shame is like actually treason to the faith that we're both talking about. Mm -hmm. So like in the same sense, I can, you know, tell you like, I don't feel hopeful. (laughs) And, 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 then, and then in the next minute I think like, well, no, like I don't want to betray my own heart, you know? Like I want to press in when I hear you talk, like I want to be one of the few. So it's just, you know, how do you hold that balance for you? How do you hold that balance? Because I, I you, think a you, lot of us are fighting it.
1: Well, Danielle, you said, you said something very powerful in, the, in what you were just saying, because you started out talking about conservatives and liberals, liberals and the both sides and how both sides are sparing And so what you did, you, you painted a picture of, of what, the world is doing and what our country is doing and and the thing is if we look and we expect men to be different from their sinful state we're going to feel hopeless Mm -hmm. but if we know that just like scripture says in uh, romans chapter five verse eight while we were still enemies with god christ died for us so when we were hopeless and had no hope out of out of heaven here comes jesus and he dies for us and brings us hope. And so that's the thing is saying, God, no matter how dark, no matter how despairing things look, I know there's always hope in you. For I put my hope in you. And as long as we have our hope in Christ, it doesn't matter how dark, how despairing things become, that we know that God is still on his throne. Now, and so what that means, though, that means that we, though, has to have to be those agents of hope that he has called us to be yeah. as well. So, because again we're his image bearers and 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 you know I love when David, uh when he was being pursued by Saul and uh, he was in despair and he says, Why so downcast, oh my soul, put your hope in God and bless his holy name. And so he's saying, wait a minute, what am I doing? You know, God, I, I, I hope in you. And if you look at David, I mean he is being pursued and and hiding in caves and everything else and people were being murdered mass murdered if they helped him. And, and, uh, and it seems like if you're looking at things from a worldly point of view, there's no way he's going to be king. There's no way, but, but God's plan was going to prevail. Hmm. Now the sad part is, is you know, there are a lot of victims and there are a lot of people that the enemy used to bring destruction, which are victims as well, that, because of that, they are left in that sad state, just like going back to judges, you know, because the one tribe didn't, uh, uh one city didn't come to the meeting and, and try to take a passive viewpoint. You know, they completely, they were completely destroyed. And so, so that's, that's, that's the, that's the part we grieve. We grieve for human lives that are lost. We, we have to have a godly sorrow. And and, and that's the thing is we, a a godly sorrow, a a true breaking. We have to, when we see someone being murdered, it it just, it just should shake us to our course and Lord, what is going on? Mm. And we have to grieve. Mm. And, uh, but, you know, again, we are to grieve and do we we start hoping Mm, God. You know, I tell you, people ask me, they said, Michael, because I've been through, a lot of junk myself I have and that's another podcast <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but uh but people who know a lot of my story they go how are you not angry how are you not yeah. bitter and that's because my hope is in God uh-huh. and, and because my hope is in God he has given me peace and he's given he knows that he's given me identity he's given me you know I, where my heart is to walk as a peacemaker and, and not go Walk with somebody who's anger, angry, and and uh, and bitter at the world.
0: Yeah, I like the I like how you described hope as and when you put when you put your hope in man, you're going to be hopeless because the, the, the mm-hmm. man cannot come through. But putting your hope in God, then you then you can have hope, right? Um, and and mm-hmm. it's about it's a perspective shift. And actually, since we're since we this conversation was around judges, I wanted to bring in a piece that I learned um from Marty mm-hmm. Solomon. He's a uh, pastor, well, he was out of Idaho. I'm not sure where he is now, but he described um, when talking about judges that there's this, everybody talks about judges and they look at it as this, the sin cycle when you, when you study it and you look at all the different places where Israelites sins brought them um, to oppression and then eventually God rescued them and then there was peace. Um, and he said, I, I just wonder why it is that we're, we're calling it a sin cycle instead of a redemption cycle because when you when you mm. think about it from a, um, the sin perspective, that's keeping the focus on us. All the ways we've messed up, all mm-hmm. the ways, you know, the Israelites have messed up. But instead, we could view it as: look at how God has redeemed His people. Yeah. God didn't give mm-hmm. up. God had the the kind of the, mm-hmm. the the patience and endurance, and then endless love and grace for these people. And mm-hmm. so He yeah. He was trying to like reframe viewing judges as the redemption cycle. These are all the places that God has rescued, and I love that. That's exactly what we're talking about with hope here. You know, if we keep Mm -hmm. our hope in the right place, then then we will have it, and it will be fulfilling. Mm And when we have it in the wrong place, it will lead to despair.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and that you know, when you were saying that, you know, it's kind of like the flood. You know, the flood was our second chance. You know, the the world was in such corruption that God sent a flood upon the earth because he wanted to redeem mankind he wanted to he, he wanted to respect mankind so to speak you know through the flood so he and, and so again we can look at it and say oh it's just man was so wicked that god just wanted to wipe us out but no god is saying i love you so much and it's almost like it you know when you're if you get gangrene in your leg then then there's that surgery that has to be done that 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 seems horrific where you may lose your leg, but it's to save your life. Mm. And, uh, you know, and, and, and so some people may focus on saying, Oh, you lost your leg. And oh, how terrible you can, you can say, no, my life was saved, you know, because my leg the doctor took my leg, my life was saved. And, and so, yeah, you know, I, I like that. Seeing that it's, a, it's a redemption cycle, seeing how God, God loves us. And that's, and that, that's where the hope lies. God loves us enough, loves us so much that he's going to say, you know what? I am not going to allow you to walk, continue to walk in in this foolishness of self-destruction that I am going to, I am going to bring awareness and, uh, and you can choose what side you want to be on. You can choose to be on the side of, of wrath or redemption. You know, you can choose by how you respond, but, but, you know, I'm, because I'm God and because I'm just, you know, I, I will, I will bring my wrath so redemption can come.
2: Yeah. I I saw a quote um, from a article and then I looked it up to see if I could find the YouTube clip and I did. And it was one of Donald Trump's sons in the last few days saying, you know, talking to a crowd and saying, Trump saved Christianity. And I thought, well, what, what, what did he mean by that? Like, what did he mean by that? Like saved Christianity is it because, you know, people have been banking on the Supreme Court changing. Is it because uh, big government? But I actually think it's it's more about what we're talking about. It's he's provided like a vessel for this idea of nationalism and conservatism that's gotten misconstrued as Christianity or faith. And, Mm -hmm. and then there, then there's so much fear and despair because if he's not elected, then, then, then it feels like all hope is lost. Mm -hmm. Society will be Mm -hmm. lost and, and, and true for the other side that if Trump is elected, Mm -hmm. that God, where will God be? Mm -hmm. Has he abandoned us? You know, has he left, Mm -hmm. left us to this torment? And, and so I just, I just really resonating what you say, like when our hope is in, man, there's just a sense of collective despair on both sides. And when our hope is in God, then, then I think we can see our way out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, You know, if we look at within our, our, you know, within the last, uh, I don't know, 40 years, 50 years, uh, the the two countries that have had hyper growth, Christian growth uh, have been China and and, uh, Iran. And, uh, and it's because they're both oppressive countries and because of that they they are they're countries where where when you become a believer it's it, it you got to count the cost mm. and it's actually they've had the most hyper of growth and i and i think you know for us for us as christians probably our biggest struggle is that we do live in america
0: mm.
1: and because of that because we live in america we our Christianity gets convoluted and, and we, we, uh, we think that the Christianity means, you know, uh, the right to, to pursue happiness. It, it, it's the right to, to wealth. It's the, it's the, it's the right to, uh, you know, to make my own, build my own castles and have things my way. Yeah. Prosperity gospel. Yeah. 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 And, and, and so, and so with that, yeah, we, we, we've confused the gospel, uh, with you know with these westernized philosophies, mm-hmm. and, and so people think, oh, I'm we're blessed because of the country we live in, but you know, are we really? Because if you look, it is it's it's when you know just like in scripture when Jesus says that it's uh, it's easier for a camel to pass through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into heaven, the kingdom of God, and and he's saying that for a reason, mm-hmm. you know, because When a person is wealthy and they think they have things going for them, they think, oh, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And they, and they they trust in, in their hope and their joy is in what they have or what they've achieved. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, just if President Trump wins, oh, President Trump has saved Christianity and our hope is in, in President Trump and, and, in when it's really in, you know, the, the, the saving of capitalism, Mm -hmm. you know, so to speak. Yeah. I'm not trying to say that one way or another, but what I'm trying to say is that we we can't we. That's why we have to be Christians who live in America instead of American Christians.
2: That's good.
1: That's what, we have to come from that mindset.
2: Yeah, Pastor Mike. I'm just thinking, like, as you know, as we wind up here, like, if people want to hear your wisdom, if they want to hear you talk, if they want to reach out and connect to you, like, how can they get a hold of you?
1: You know, that's a good question. I'll be honest with you. I'm not, I'm not big. I'm not a big tweeter. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, and, uh, and I do have a YouTube channel, but I kind of, it's kind of, it's a mess right now. If I need to clean that up. But right now I just, every once in a while I post things on Facebook, but if people want to get a hold of me, they could even just message me on Facebook, find me on Facebook. And, but I am going to, because of some requests from other people, I am going to start posting more things on YouTube. Uh, but I, I, I'll be honest with you. I just, yeah, I, I sometimes part of me has a hard time with that mm-hmm. just because I don't know, I, you know, I, if there I have, if there is any wisdom, it's definitely coming from God. So, um, uh, but uh yeah, people, I, I'm always posting things on Facebook. But if people want to reach out to me, they can find me there. I, you know, I'm, you know, the, the government and, and everybody else in the world knows where. I've, my name, Michael James Walker. That's my name. If you put that on Facebook, you'll you'll connect with me and there's actually been people that message me and ask me different questions about different things and so I connect with them that way. And that's probably the best way for right now.
0: Yeah, we can put links to both your YouTube channel and your Facebook page so people can get in touch with you.
1: Okay. All right. Thank you. Well, <laughs> thank
2: you so much for being with us and joining us for a second round. Um, it sounds like we maybe have a third story coming in the future. I don't <laughs> know. <when. laughs> we'll see. <laughs> and
1: maybe we'll be in person, you know?
2: Maybe we'll see.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. And I do want to thank you guys for, again, I do want to leave this to, for my final words that. You too give me a part of that hope because your, your 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 hearts are stirred and you know saying God I want to be I want to be used by you as part of the solution mm-hmm. and in and by doing podcasts like this and and you know and really kind of putting yourself out there that you know that as I said last week that inspires me. And it's encouragement to me because I need encouragement because I, I do get frustrated when I see all the things that are happening. And when I try to talk to some of my brothers and sisters um, that are Caucasian and that uh, are not, you know, not even just Caucasian, but another, uh, you know, lighter skinned brothers and sisters and how they kind of try to you know, just kind of play things off or, or say, really, you, I don't really see that. And, and, and it is, makes my spirit want to close down mm. but when i know there are people that are saying hey listen we want to hear we want to we want to walk in what's right we want to be part of the solution and and, and all and they allow me to be able just to speak and share my heart and and be receptive of that that that's healing for me and and that's healing for a lot of black americans and so i want to thank you all for for hearing And not just hearing, but responding as well, Hmm. and uh, and also instigating.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you, and it's been so fun to do this with you. I mean, I'm really enjoyed it, and honestly, all week long, I was thinking about our conversation. Truly, it uh, last week, I like I said, it felt unfinished, and I I felt unsatisfied Mm -hmm. that we had not reached something that I could, that I like. I'm still going to wrestle with. You know what I mean? And so, I all Mm -hmm. week long, I was processing the judges story and 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 as I shared on the podcast, like the the thing I was learning about judges being a redemption cycle Mm -hmm. as a sin site instead of a sin cycle, viewing it that way. And so I've really enjoyed our conversation. We are have to wrap up here and we always end our conversations by asking our podcast guests three questions. What are you reading Mm -hmm. right now? What are you listening to right now? And what or who is inspiring you?
1: Well what I'm reading right now, I'm actually reading an interesting book called a cross in the lynching tree, oh, and yeah. uh, by James Cohen, I believe, and uh, you know, and it's a good book for me just to kind of see. And it's it, it, it's actually a book of kind of recon, kind of reconcile things, but also uh, helps me to be aware of uh, to be proud of my heritage, basically, in the midst of travesty. And so that's the, that's what I'm reading right now, and what I'm listening to right now. Basically, really, what I'm listening to i just been trying to saturate my, my soul with praise music and worship music. Uh, not, I was listening to a lot of different podcasts and different things and trying to and listen to the news, but that's just not good. Uh, and so I've just really been trying to feed my heart. So I've just been listening to a lot of praise music. And, and what's, what's inspiring me right now is people like you, Maggie. And I and I say that, Daniel, I'm not excluding you, but I'm saying the reason I said Maggie is is because Maggie was part of my youth group, and there's other young people that I've seen that have been part of my youth group in the past that are, are rising up and speaking up and, and, and taking courageous stands and and using their voices and using their time and using their energy, and even though even though it may cost them something, they're they're doing what they know they believe is right. And 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 that is truly inspiring to me.
0: Thank you so much.